0: Hello folks, welcome to the Jock and Journo Show. This is a special episode because we've got two of the best players in the game at the moment. I'm certainly excited. My name is Jay Clark and well, let's get straight to our special guest, uh, Scotty. He's an all-Australian. He's a Best and fairest winner. He's the Carlton Man Mountain. He's only 24 years of age. Thanks so much for joining us, Patrick Cripps. Thanks, hey, Shay, A bit of uh, a bit of May on the voice which I like. I'm not very good at these intros, mate. You would have thought after three years I'd uh, perfect them, but I, but I haven't, mate. Can't wait to talk to you about life, about footy, get to know you off the field, and uh, mate, your first 88 games have been uh, absolutely outstanding because. A couple of years ago, I would have thought this might have been a bit of a master and apprentice type situation, but you comfortably sit alongside this man now. He's the five-time best and fairest winner, five-time All-Australian, three-time Anzac Day medalist. How are you going, Scott Penelbury? Very well, mate. Um, yeah, as you said, looking forward to having Cripper on and having a chat. He's
1: the first guy I've ever tagged in AFL before, so... I should say master and apprentice. It's certainly changed a couple of years ago, pretty quickly. Who,
0: who did get the points in that one? Because I remember we made a big fuss about well, you becoming was, a tagger all of a sudden. Last,
1: it wasn't last year. Yep, um, it was the year before, wasn't it? Late in yeah, the season, I reckon it was. Um, and I gave him a bit of Cameron Ling treatment. Yeah. What Ling used to give me? Sports, what does that involve? Uh, it's the get in right behind, control the hips. Oh yeah, <laughs> mate. It's it's
2: it's not nice <laughs> when it happens. Yeah, um, but yeah, now you would be used to it. We, we, we had a good battle last year. Yep. round three. Pendle's definitely got me that game.
1: Is that
0: right? What's he like um, to play on, Patty? Is he is he is he on the lip? Is he difficult? Is he annoying? What are you? No,
2: yeah. The, the Caroline treatment definitely coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so you control the hips and squeeze him into the contest. We had some good battles. We had another, another game later in the year that was pretty even. A yep. um, couple of
1: touches. No, that uh, was
2: funny. It's like. Because he, I think you
1: kicked three and had like 30 something. I remember just going like, tr- like to Bucks, like, I'm trying. Yep. Like, I'm doing everything I can, <laughs> trust me. And well, I swear he's grown Where again you? since we last played. <laughs> Were you, Scott? And that- you well, what was funny though is uh, <laughs> Brownlow night because I got baked after the game. Bucks, you know, didn't play a role. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Let their captain get off the chain or whatever it was. Yeah. How many but, goals? Yeah. Three goals. Kick three, I think. Did you follow yeah, him down to the forward no, line he or not? Three that day. Yeah. Yeah, hand him over. I don't go. So if he goes forward, I'm not going. Like someone else, like Langers, will grab him or how? Are you? Yeah. So you gave him a I'm real talent, Paddy. Yes. No,
2: well, this is a f- funny story. But though. Brownlow night, <laughs> so yeah. it comes
1: up. Collingwood Carlton and two votes. Pete crips. Three votes. Collingwood S and Fennelry no (laughs) because like I knew that I was but Sidey played really well yep and that like those three votes were like I think he ended up losing by four votes or something so they were like crucial and everyone thought Sidey was going to get it so you jibbed Cripper and you cost steel and I got baked by the coach so I got three Brownlee (laughs) votes so it goes to show you the uh Sometimes the
0: umpires get it wrong. Oh, that's gold. How much respect you got for him, Scotty? Yeah. I mean, he's 24 years of age. I think Paddy Kipps is the kind of guy. We're going to piss in your pocket here for a second, Paddy. He's the kind of guy who every football fan, I reckon, really admires because he plays with huge effort, such strength and power in the clearance. And you see him take the rest of his young teammates on his back every week and say, follow me. Like I reckon everyone with your Carl Nesson and Collingwood support or whatever. You admire yeah. watching this guy, and play footy, this guy play footy. You do. Um, and like I've just heard little bits of stuff from Carlton
1: come out and uh, I think the most impressive thing for me watching Paddy go about his business is he hasn't waited for it to happen. It's not like you often, you know, guys mm-hmm. hit their peak at 26 and it's like, that's you know, when I hit 26, I'll be a good player. Yep. Um, and I haven't asked you this before, but I get the sense that age was irrelevant. It was I'll be the best player I can be as quick as I can be and... I'm not going to wait to challenge for you know best player at Carlton or best player in the comp is I'll do it as soon as I can as quick as I can and um, certainly
0: one of the best players in the competition at the moment. Were you in a hurry, Paddy? Did you When you arrived at Carlton did you think i want to get stuck in?
2: Um, my first year I reckon I floated a bit. Uh, I would be the first to admit that. Uh, I was probably a bit overweight um, and I was probably just jeering the headlights you get some of the guys you admired growing up and all of a sudden you're sharing a locker room with them like Juddy and that. Um, second year I was probably the I uh, probably changed my whole lifestyle, um, and then yeah, I probably wasn't hurry. I was that big believer that just go out there and have a crack, and um, why wait to be good? Um, which I tell a lot of the young boys now. Um, Don't it's, wait. It's, it's definitely a mindset thing. If you if you wait to be good, you'll never get good. So, um, better the work you put into the week, and then that mindset game day that um, everyone everyone debuts at some point. So, how quickly you realise you want to be good uh, that sort of changes your career.
1: I think with that, um, I was. Everyone in your first year, it's like everything's happening. It's so much changing. Uh, as you said, like for me, I walked in like Bucks, Paul Okura, you've got Chris Jard. It's like, wow, you sort of just sit back. You don't want to step on anyone's toes. Yeah. sort of just want to find out how, where you fit. And I reckon <clears throat> what sets you up the most is that off-season with how you train, yep. how you prepare, um, gym, how you eat, and you, you realize like everything matters. And then yep. you get back in pre-season, all of a sudden you've taken this big jump and a lot of guys have only just got marginally better. And you think, you know, geez, if I, there is no place, there's not going to be a spot that opens up. You've got to force your way in. And yep. That's the same with being a good player. You've got to force yourself to be a good be player. Be impatient. With, with those habits, and that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment for you, Cripper, like, the end of your first year, did it just click, like, for you? Did Jody grab you? I'm sure did Andrew Walker? probably didn't grab you.
2: Yeah, I, I had a few moments. Like, um, I remember having a deck scan. I was pretty high um, at the end of that year. What's a
0: deck scan there, Cripper? Uh... I was 15% at the end of
2: my first year, so <laughs> I, was, I, I definitely rolled out of the club. Um Thanks. but I remember because um, that was my knock so going through my my draft and that was well, you were like, fat. Yeah, I was definitely a bit, bit chubby <laughs> around the edges. <laughs> me too. Mate. Um but Ernie Walker had a good chat with me. I remember having a chat with him in the pro room actually and he he was like like that strict with his diet, like his dex was ridiculously low. So I went that off season I was um I I went too far in my diet, I was that strict that I ended up losing about five kilos of fat and um, I actually lost a bit of muscle as well, just because of that—that's how much streak I got. But Juddy was a big one. He sort of sat me down and said, "Look, if you want to get better, you got to do a few extras on the side." Um, sort of did a bit of, bit of speed training and, like Pendle said, the that off season definitely set up my whole career, my first one. Um, I came back, I was running better. All of a sudden, things that I could just get to more contests, more efforts, and um,
0: so you felt the noticeable difference being that lighter. Well, you we think of, like,
2: like. I remember Rob Wiley said to me once, like you got a nine hundred kilo race horse, and they get weighted by kilo with a jockey from sixty to fifty nine. That affects who wins the race. Yeah, we're a ninety to well, eighty to ninety kilo athlete, and I've got five extra kilos of fat on me. Yeah, um, it's a fair, it's a fair weight difference when you're carrying around for one hundred and twenty minutes. So yeah, that really sort of stuck in my head, and um, ever since then, I yeah, you definitely along the way, you definitely like you, you find out what works for you, and you definitely change things. And um, so, what
0: does that mean? Like no carbs, or what? No, are you like
2: it's just. Oh, off season, I'd press when no cars the whole off season, um, which was at the time I had to do it. But it was you know two two streets. I'm laughing. Yeah. Did,
1: you, did you eat tuna out of a can? Oh, all that sort <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> of this I've Friday. done that before.
2: Um, but like, what
1: uh, I'm a massive believer in that. You hear like um, a bit of guys. You need to have like this balance with how you play footy. Yep. And I like I agree. You got to have balance. But I reckon there's an element where you need to be a little bit psychotic in how you prepare. Like because. As much as you did the diet, it's more the mental side of it of forcing yourself to commit to something and, and see it out. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> once you become um, a better player and you've got all these habits, then I think the balance creeps more and more into your life because you don't mm-hmm. want to become so obsessed with footy. Yep. You don't want to get to the stage where you just train and then oh, I've got this and I don't really commit. Like, I think balance for elite sports people is probably like 80% of what you do is
0: footy and then you've got your 20% outside of that. It's never 50-50. Yeah. We are at the George, <clears throat> and I tell you what, it is a fabulous menu here. can on uh, Cripper. you've been here several times before. You know how good is the Vietnamese food here? That's the ladies, the sponsor of Khan uh, Footy
2: Club, so we always come down and have a feed, which is nice. We had nice. Weird function here Saturday night.
0: Had to go. Unreal. The food just kept rolling out. Yep. And yeah, the boys didn't miss out on much. with <laughs> our tip. Get down here at the George, 162 Collins Street, Melbourne's best drink and cocktails. Greg, you look after you. Maud. Uh, is all over it. If it's not the prawns, Cripper, it'll be the sticky beef, uh, or the sticky pork, I should say, and all the beef. You love the beef, Scotty. 162 Collins Street. Get down here, though, George. We are about to tuck into some, and it's absolutely magnificent. Cripper, tell us about... Growing up in farm life Because you come from rural, We don't know much about you I don't reckon You come from rural WA I remember reading a story About you After you were first drafted And I want to know If this was real or not Because your father Brad Cripps Was quoted As saying That he was just so thrilled And happy for his And I quote Little bush pig <laughs> a Big bush pig He maybe corrected himself In saying in the article Is he taking the piss Or does your old man Really call you The bush pig
2: I guess a bit rattled with media which <laughs> <laughs> definitely flowed onto me in the first two years of my career. But um, no, nah, I oh, I had a bit to do with my weight, I think, back then too. I was right. Like, but um no, nah, I look like a country boy Hard huh? I grew yep. up on a farm which is five hundred K's north of Perth. Yep. Um Josh Kenny's from there, Paul Hazby was, there's Daniel Cheek, Jamie Cripps, so there's a few that, from up there. Um, it's on the coast, so um, although it's rural, it's still pretty good lifestyle up there. Perfect. Um, so what
0: what were you doing in terms of your farm stuff? Were you grain bins? sheep work what, what, yeah. what growing up what were you doing
2: bit of both so we had like wheat canola we used to crop um, I grew up with sheep uh, all through childhood so you'd do shearing um, well I didn't shear but you'd do all the sheep work to get them ready <laughs> up at five o'clock chasing a few sheep into the yard and all different type of stuff and you had the motorbikes you had the guns yep. we used to go hunting a fair bit and then you got the Obviously, the beach. Used to go fishing, camping. So it was a good lifestyle to growing up. It's yeah, pretty free. And yeah, um, so I stayed there till I was year seven. Yep. And uh, then went to school in Perth. Uh, did boarding school at Aquinas College. So yep. Definitely a bit of a lifestyle change going to there. Then obviously coming over here, Perth to Melbourne's another big big lifestyle change. So. Yeah, it takes a bit to get used
0: to. Your former, or your current teammate, Scotty, your former teammate, Alex Solo, calls himself the Prince of Perth. Are you rival him those stakes, or is there some whisper that you may be the King of Perth? Is that right?
2: Yeah, I always say to Faz, uh, every King has a Prince.
0: So.
1: <laughs> um, That's so good. Well, there's one on Faz, he was the Prince of Perth, and Jamie Elliott went over there. And he tried to get in somewhere. is the Prince of Perth. He'll, he'll get everyone in. Yep. He walked to the front of the line and got knocked back. So Jamie went up and he said, righto, boys, in with me. <laughs> <laughs> so he got, got Fazzy in. So yeah, yeah, he worked. did the Prince of Perth. I like that, though. Every, every king's got a of prince. <laughs>
0: but you've shown great loyalty in coming to Melbourne so far. You know, I think when trying to do the trade stories and that sort of stuff, it, I've never got the suspicion that you've ever even been interested or entertained the idea of going back to Perth. What, what do you love about Melbourne? Like, do you feel that entrenched to the Carlton Footy Club and the Melbourne Lifestyle?
2: Yeah, like well, at the start, you sort of don't have a choice where you go, obviously, and um, you go to a big club and it sort of opens your eyes when you first get to a big club. Like, WA footy is different to Melbourne. Like, there's just two two footy teams, they're obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, that's all you know. Then you come over here. I didn't realise how big the clubs over here were and how much Melbourne saw the footy bubble. Yeah. Um, I think it, like, it takes a while to get used to. Like, the thing with me, like, I've been through so much t- tough times. like yeah. For me to leave and, um, I don't know, just sort of all your hard work sort of you don't get any reward from it. And um, once you're over for it for a few years, you start making good mates of the club. And I suppose you do come entrenched with what the, the club's all about, and um, you feel a part of it. So, um, and as you move up the ranks of the leadership role, you have, um, I suppose, you get more entrenched with it, and you just want to want to see the club do well. And um, yeah, like I'm a pr- pretty loyal family, so um, never usually shy away from. Uh, things when they get tough and um, that's sort of what I've done so far.
0: How have you found? I'm interested with you two guys, obviously being co-captain and captain of your of your footy club. I mean, how was, for example, something like I mean, and you guys have, I think you've taken great steps forward this year. You agree with that Scott Carlton? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yep. scoreboard may have said that you've um, <clears throat> haven't got the wins that you would have wanted but clearly there's been uh, progress but what about the 30 minutes after the the game at the weekend you know brendan bolton is late to his press conference because he's having that that hard conversation with you guys Your co-captain as a youngster what is it like in that situation with your mates and you're incredibly disappointed and having to be incredibly accountable
2: it's the thing with footy like the best uh, time in footy is when you have a win that 30 minutes after on the ground and in the rooms like you're jovial you're having a laugh and i suppose all the work you put in the week you get a reward for effort when you lose, like sometimes when you have a loss it's it's flat obviously it's flattening. When you get smack like we did, it's it's, it's deflating but you're just sort of more angry at yourself. Yeah. Everyone's sort of disappointed in what they've dished up. Um we were talking about it before the momentum in footy. Um, especially this day and age, momentum's hard to wrestle back and as a leader you're thinking, well how, what could I else could I've done to help yeah. wrestle momentum back? But you just know the performance that we dished up in the weekend, the media's gonna come for you and um, I suppose you take it two ways. After that, you either get defeated by it or you use motivation. And um, I suppose I know, hit it front on. And, and you can't lose sight of the fact, like you guys said before, we, we've come a long way. We've been in every game. And I think from the external point of view, we talk about like, identity and yep. what the club stands for. And I think the first six rounds, we've seen a really high, highly competitive physical side. And the dish up we did in the weekend was disappointing. But. Mm. Um, I think the message for, from the whole club and from players this week is like you never let one game define your season. Yeah. So should be a bit of fun this week against Fenders Mob. So look forward the to one, it. <clears throat> the one thing in my career when
1: you're on the end of a game like that is like I think – is it a six-day break for you guys? Yeah. It's, you almost want like a four-day break. Yeah. You're just that desperate to get out there because, you know, like there's going to be sides that get flogged every week probably for the whole year. And yeah. it's just one of those games where you're slightly a little bit off – they were slightly a little bit on, and yeah. then gaps 5%, and that's huge in today's footy. Yeah. Momentum's very hard to arrest. So, like yeah. as I said, like we know we're coming up against the fierce Carlton side this week from yeah. the first six rounds who have been in position to win every game. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, one and two and five now? Right? One, one, one and six. And that doesn't reflect where they actually are. They've been in every yeah. game of footy. Um, so, we know what we're up against, um, and we look forward to to that challenge we're certainly not going to walk out there and think oh well we just can to do, try and do what North did they've been much better side than that but yeah. as you said the, the best part of footy is that 30 minutes when you do get a win and you, you still feel that sense though, I think as captain and this is your first year yeah, yeah? so year, yeah. Um, you still always feel like you've just got that little burden I think of what can we do better even after you win of like alright what can we do better um you know even training this week's like you know Cripper obviously will drive training and drive the edge around it there's always that little bit of extra that sits on the captain's shoulder i feel um, but yeah it's just something that that's why i always say i say to jay all the time leadership groups are so important because those guys i would hate to be a captain like back in 1980 where it's just you and that's mm, it yeah. that would suck so much pressure would just be on your shoulders every week to perform and if you don't you got to cop it so
0: you blokes been watching tapes of each other this week like really studying up on each other's sort of clearance work. Um I've watched most of his tapes most weeks. Do you really? Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. I actually watched watch a lot of his stuff. Oh, well. not, not not piss in his pocket, <laughs> but um yeah. my like I promise my contest work, so you always try and pride yourself on trying to be the best in that area. My area of growth is my un-contested work and so in terms of patterns, how like not, not the best runner, but you're trying to be efficient. Yep. Um, get get yourself in good spots where you can defend but also get the ball. Um, and I reckon he does that pro the best set of you know in the comp in terms of his patterns as an inside mid. Um, in terms of my running capability, um, I'm not going to be someone like a steel side where he can just run up and down the wing all day. So got to be efficient to save energy of the contest.
1: Yeah, I reckon most most players in the comp. Like so I'd watch Cripper, Bont, just watch their tapes, just pick up little tricks, what they're doing, how. Then there's like little patterns that emerge, little moves they like to do. And just works over and over, and then they also they do the basics better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's just as you're saying, consistently get into the next contest, get to 100 contests a game. You might the ball might land in your lap 30 times, or you might have 10 times it lands in your lap and 20 opportunities to tackle. So, um, yeah, I I always have enjoyed watching players who well, I think are at the top of their game, and I've been doing that sort of my whole career. Lenny Hayes was another big one that I used to just love. I reckon he mm. he had that inside outside balance as good as anyone
2: yeah you gotta do it like the best players like in the comp like you get some players that play a really good game yeah but they can get lucky with those games but the best players they reckon they just study the game a bit um don't always have to be obsessed by it but you just gotta keep learning um and there's a reason why they're consistently good, I
0: reckon. Been remarkably consistent for an incredibly long time and going just about as well Thanks, as Jay. he has. I'm uh, <laughs> <clears throat> talking about you, Scotty. <clears throat> Shot ahead in the AFL uh, coaches' votes at uh, Collingwood. What about having someone like Deezer Williams at your footy club, Cripper? Um, I've seen that he's sort of been thereabouts. Who do you count as your mentors? Like, who, who, who you, obviously, Juddy be one of them. Like, in terms about your handball craft and your clearance craft, who has helped you the most over your career, I reckon?
2: The old Diesel one got blown up. I've only done one session with him, but he's actually not working <laughs> at the club just Isn't yet. Isn't he? No, nah, oh, I thought he might be. He more just does like a bit of personalised coaching, so
0: yeah.
2: I just thought I'd suss him out to see if I can get a bit of an edge and yeah. uh, learn something different. But So that, that'll be ongoing, but I don't know how long that will go for. But,
0: yeah. Anything uh, you know, in particular?
2: Fundamental stuff. Yeah. yeah. Especially ball healing stuff. He's big on little fundamental stuff. And then, so,
0: what, so indulge us. What, what does that mean? Like, what's something as simple as...
2: Oh, just, when you do touch, like I, I do it, I was doing it anyway, but a lot of one handed touch, like
0: picking just, out the ball one handed. No,
2: just like when the ball's coming to you, like doing one handed touch, it just allows you to focus on the ball more, but also you get a feel for, I don't know, you're not relying, say, if someone holds your at a stop it, uh, you can still control the ball with one hand, little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like touch kicks, like he was big on, like he's got a pretty similar routine every time he kicks, either for the goal or field kicking. Um, it's just little, like everyone has their own little tricks, but um, I'm, I'm big on the one handed touch. So I think yep. that's a, a big thing um but in terms of mentors uh Jody was probably my biggest one at the start Yeah. um in terms of footy wise just cause I, when I was a kid I was a massive Eagles man so like coming to the club you well, got yeah. a pretty there you're just yeah out he's a his, lot funnier in person than he was in, in the yeah, media yeah.
0: he's a real boring bastard in the media and then you like meet him personally he's, he's bloody good he's hilarious he's witty, witty. Yeah.
2: um Let's school's caro Jud- on a Judd
0: Corp <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he comes up with some random stuff to Judd man um <laughs> Mick Jamison was probably the biggest one off field really? when I first got there. He probably took me under his wing the most. Yep. So, when I first got to the club, I was I was probably the only young guy getting the game in my first couple of years because we were a pretty older list. Under Mick? Yeah. yep. Um, so, when he used to go into state, he's the guy I used to probably hang out with the most, and especially media stuff. Like when I first came on the scene, I probably wasn't used to I was a country boy coming to Melbourne. And you start getting a kick for a big club. All of a sudden, there's club supporters everywhere. You just start getting noticed, which. I know. I, I didn't. I found it weird. It takes a while to get used to. Do you live feel... on that side of town as well. I live in Q, Q now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so
1: yeah, well yeah. You, get, you start soon. You just start getting a kick. Remember saying to Jaden Stevenson last year, like you when you start getting a kick and you start getting free coffees and stuff. Mm. That's when like everyone knows who you are. And yeah. I was like, trust me, there's good stuff coming, but there's also <laughs> the not so good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He's like he couldn't believe it. He's from Ferntree Gully. Yeah, yeah. just wherever he went there's people wanting
2: a photo and just thought he was a rock star yeah, yeah. and it's a different yeah. world like yeah you when he when it, like I was 19 when that happened like just not ready for it yep so it's sort of rat, not as, doesn't rattle you but he just takes a while to get used to it. and then he was someone I could bounce a lot of ideas off so he was really good
0: so did you get a bit embarrassed by the attention to begin with oh, I just hated it
2: to be honest yep. I don't really like the um, people coming up to you and sort of the public attention I'd rather just
0: the adulation
2: Right. would could be a normal small bloke and yep. you go to a pub you don't have people looking at you or coming up and but you you got to get used to it. I remember Juddy saying to me, you can either um, go and play local footy and be a well, not a relevant, I shouldn't say. it. Yep. a bit fence to the local footy players, <laughs> but um, just yeah, – no, Be, go, a, be a, normal. Yeah, go about your business, side. or you yeah. can embrace it and live out your childhood dreams. So yeah. that's another thing that really stuck with me, that like he said. What's
0: it like living with uh, Zach Fisher? Is fish? It, is it your household called Fishing Groups? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: there's, there's a bit of banter going around with that. We, we like to muck around that,
2: that name a bit. That's um, no, good. He's a, he's a WA boy as well. Does so he? Um, yep. I live with um, Kieran Byrne and Cam Giles. My first few years, who I got drafted with, and they both left. I live with another one of my best mates. And then the started this year, live with with Fish. One, another one of my best mates from back home, and born in school with, and both our partners are WA girls. So yep. we've got a full household and a couple of pets. So it's a bit of a zoo. Floating around, but it's good. Like, he's a young fella, he's got serious, seriously talented. And yeah, does um, he eat much? Nah, bugger all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, 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 he's so tiny, small. but he's, he's so he's wiry strong. He's yeah, he um, he's so skillful. Yeah, whenever you play,
1: like, because mm. he plays inside mid and he's so lively, and it's, it's almost like a small forwards around the ball because he's so nippy, so lively. But then if he gets it and you tackle him, You'll yep. be so careful because yeah.
2: he's so light if you actually get him properly. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's a serious player, he's a smart little player. Um, yeah, he's someone you enjoy playing just because he gets the game and um, good with his hands. He always love playing. And guys are good with his yeah, hands. I think I read, minute.
1: I read in the Herald Sun he might have spoke about you. He was like Crippa's really dedicated with his diet. Doesn't eat any carbs. I was thinking, I wonder what his diet's like. <laughs> Fishes because it's not like he's hitting the protein too hard. Although he would be trying to put on size,
2: but he might be just one of those guys who can't. Yep. Yeah. He's weird. He actually is like he's he's strong. Like when he is like he? he can't break his tackles. I'll, I'll never break his tackle. Really? Training, ever? No. Nah. When you
1: like break plenty of mine. You might be able, but you'll never.
2: It's um, weird though. It's like it's someone who's only like seventy five kilos, but yeah, why a little bugger.
0: Yeah, both your blokes are getting tagged on a regular basis. Cripper, certainly this season. The opposition is locked out on you. I feel a lot more. And Scotty, you put up with it um, for a decade. But was it right that it I've was turned
1: into a target now, mate? Yeah.
0: I hunting. How did it come about, the tagging role on Cripper? Yeah,
1: it was two seasons ago. So what's that, 2017? So
0: Buck said yeah, go no, to... Yeah. So
1: it was like late in the third quarter or whatever. And it was yeah. close. Game. I think we might have been up by like a goal or something. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, sort of Cripper just kept like every clearance he was getting. And it's just like whoever was on him wasn't doing the job. And I remember just yeah. I was getting frustrated. It's like come off and I just picked up the phone I said I'm gonna go to Crips last quarter hang on you picked up the phone said said, to Bucks and said
0: because shove your midfield structure (coughs) I'm I'm tagging the big fella yeah well I think because
1: that's the beauty of having relationships with the coaches is you can have those chats and I just said to Bucks like I'm just gonna tag him in the last quarter and Bucks is like well hold on he's like you haven't tagged anyone (laughs) Uh, and I was like no no just like trust me I'll I think I know what to do just to nullify him for 30 minutes I think it worked for like he still got the ball, but it was under always, like I felt like I was in your hip pocket. But unfortunately, sort of exhausted my tactics in 30 minutes. And next time, we all know what happened next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you handling the heat uh, this year, Cripper? Because um, what was it? Um, Jack Zebel last weekend, weekend before, was it yeah. Cousins maybe? Yeah. How yeah. down in yeah. Tassie, sorry. How are you managing that, that that big challenge at the moment when they are locking down on you? Or trying to, yeah. Probably
2: last year was the best learning curve because I got it a bit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually makes you better play. Like and you know, a saying, like someone uses a trick on you, so you sort of. And you know, I, they got me on that that way. How do I? You start know oh You start studying, and you are like, oh, he's going to do that. This is what I'm going to do. So you sort of try have a, like counteract plan. Like, it makes your game harder without a doubt. Like you got to earn your touches a lot more. But um, does it annoy you? Uh, I think you you look at it as like a bit of bit of respect. You know what I mean? Like you're, obviously you obviously think you you're going alright. So you're... You can't get too frustrated. You just got to have a plan, go with it. And um, yeah, I enjoy the contest. So, like, when someone tags you, your whole mindset is like you want to you want to beat them. Um, and then obviously, you have different tactics in game that you can go to. If they, you feel like they're getting on top or you feel like you're going well and they change something, you're trying to counteract it. But I think, <clears throat> I reckon that you can got your individual stuff one on one. But when you've got a good midfield system and you play together a bit, you can actually use the, the tag as an advantage. You can sort of manipulate mm. the team's balance. Space. And that's when. It, you become a really good team that you can use yourself sometimes as a decoy to get others out. Yeah, Hawthorne used to. Sam Mitchell used to do that.
1: Yeah, He did it in the grand so, final. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can just go to areas that, you know, as like I said, like Cripper can go sit in an area that they don't want you in and you know that and he might have to sacrifice for 15, 20 minutes but all of a sudden the momentum turns or they can't get out through a stoppage through this way because mm. you're just clogging it up and yeah, you can you can certainly lean on more than just the one-on-one battle, the tricks, but as you're saying, when you get tagged and Bucks was really good talking to me and Swanee was the same as you know if you show that you get frustrated when it happens early days it's only going to happen more mm. whereas if you don't really pay any attention to it and you just learn to play with that um yeah it will stop happening after a while because at the end of the day like I don't think it's really affected his form he's yeah, playing the comp and doing his thing so you know sides eventually they're going to go right oh the tag doesn't work now to be try and beat him in a head-to-head battle or a
0: shootout yeah um yeah, you roll the dice that way. Who's the best tag of your face, Gripper? And you engage in the lip? Do you get? Do you like to? Do you like the banter? Because this bloke it's cost him about three brown lows, I reckon. Because he gets so lippy out in the field, he, the, the opponents, he gets stuck into uh, the umpires. Talk to the umpires times. too much. Talk to the umpires too much. Do you engage in that sort of the game?
2: I'm not witty enough to get in the lip, <laughs> unless unless we're up by a lot, which hasn't been too many times in my career. Yep. Um, best tag, I'd say Ben Jacobs is definitely the hardest I've played on. Um, more from a nullifying point of view. He's yep. just disciplined. Doesn't really want the ball until he does his research and knows how to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I only had him once, so I was hoping he was going to play on the weekend, but Zeeb's got me. Um, but yeah, like, like I said before, you enjoy, you enjoy the tag. Um, yeah, like, it's a funny one. Like it, I, was to, um, I was talking to someone the other day about it. I think it was Johnny Barker. Um, and like Penn said, if you do get frustrated, um, it's sort of a sign of like they're beating you. Yeah. So I'm not usually one to get frustrated. Yeah. They, they get a ball and you're around the area. You don't mind giving them a pretty yeah. pretty hard tackle here and there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so when he used to have. This is unlimited rotations, but he used to just say,
1: "If I feel like I'm they're getting on top of me or anything, I'm just coming straight off. Just break the momentum, then I'll yep. just go straight back on." Yeah. He used to come off when the tagger would come off he'd call someone off straight away and he'd run straight. So he'd come off for like 10 seconds. I did see that. But then the tagger couldn't get back on because yeah. the person who just went on was like, I'm not coming back off. He used to, yeah, yeah. Used to yeah, break or go you know, with your size. What, how tall are you? 6'5"? 6'5", yeah. 95? Yeah. yeah. And how much do you crazy, weigh crazy roughly? Gross every article. What, what's, your, <laughs> what's your
2: weight roughly? Uh, about 94, 95, yeah.
1: yeah. But that's like, I knew it was big. It's like hard to manage. Physical battles are <laughs> I'm so sorry after we played the
2: car.
0: <laughs> it's not enjoyable the next day. Uh, how are uh, Bolts' barbecues gone? Cooper? I haven't got the invite yet. You haven't got no. an invite yet? No. I would um, have thought no, you'd no, be you first do, no, on the no, list. You no, no, last
2: Friday. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I actually invited me once, but uh, oh, I um, quite had other commitments. Uh, <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, let, let the young boys uh, <laughs> go going to Bolts'. Other commitments. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. already had dinner Game of Thrones? It, are you a it, Game it, of Thrones fan? Yeah. Yeah. Don't it, want a debrief on a Tuesday morning after the episode. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of last night's episode? Uh, I think Khaleesi's starting to lose her marbles a yeah bit. she is yeah. isn't she yeah
3: she's
0: all about it. leadership yeah. she's gonna be power hungry oh all John, about her John Snow yeah who do you think takes out Cersei or where's the who Sansa Sansa or Jaime Lannister Sansa the brother yeah the father oh, I love of
2: Tyrion of too funny yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think
1: he's got it in him to be honest he only can stab her in the knee yeah. he's not big enough to do anything true <laughs> But yeah, I reckon Sons are Will—it's so one she of those shows you easy. have to watch it with someone. There's too much going on to <laughs> understand it by yourself. Yeah, I watch it with my missus, and yeah. she just asks me questions the whole time: "What's happening?" So yeah. I feel like pause. And although she's getting better,
0: what yeah. do you do to? Um, where's your downtime, Cripper? What do you do? Scott watches basketball games, and his father of the year. What do you? What do you do to tune out? And how important is that at the moment? It's
2: massive. Uh, I suppose when you're young, you don't really know. You sort of learn what makes you tick as, as you go along. Um, I love the NBA as well. I was a massive basketball fan growing up. Um, Surfing, something I got into lately. Yeah, because um, I, I just like getting out of the city for a bit. I um, enjoy getting in the water, so I usually go down. I used to go down with my older brother. he actually broke his leg the other day, which wasn't ideal. But um, <laughs> I heard about this. I, I go with the um, Kurnow boys a bit, but I just like going in there. I'm not that good, to be honest. I'm slowly getting there, but yeah, one get in down there for a couple of hours and I know, have a chat and get in the water, just refresh. Get off, get off social media, sort of freshen you up. So not into your golf. Oh, I have a hit, but yeah, I, yeah, it's a long really, time commitment. Yeah. I'm not a golf man. Nah. Eighteen holes is just too much yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but now surfing is definitely something I really enjoy. Yeah.
0: What about your younger brother? So we know the the old recruiting theory, right? The <laughs> younger brother is always the best one. I'm the middle brother. I oh, know, uh, yeah, Scotty. I'm a bit of what's your younger, uh, <laughs> so your, your younger bloke, younger brothers? Uh, a ruckman. He plays first game at Aquinas, age sixteen, at the weekend. It's good a bit of research. Yeah, yeah. It? Is he 198? He's a bit. He's bigger yeah. than you.
2: Yeah, he's got me covered now. Uh, all, like all three of my brothers are all late developers, so he's shot up about 10, 15 fifteen centimetres in the last year. Wow. He's big arms and legs, so he's he's handy. Um, he played his first game of first footy. So he's eleven. Played played the ruck. Um, that was his first game of, of first, first forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So he's handy. He's if he gets over two hundred and catch, he'll, he'll probably get in the list. Yeah, I like, saying, like, like in <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, he's I don't know. He's a bit, bit of pressure on him, but I just tell him to have a bit of fun and yep. relax. But no, he's a good kid.
0: Yeah, and are you helping him with his ruck stoppage craft yet already? Or are we t- talking about hit zones and that sort of stuff? Yeah, actually, he came to the club the
2: other week because usually when he comes over ever since I got to the club, he used to come over on holidays and he'd stay with me. Then he'd come and help out and kick the balls out of training. It's pretty good with the club but yep. uh, me and Cruz are doing a bit of ruck stoppage work just watched a bit of vision and I got Joshy to come in and uh, pick Cruz's brains a bit but
0: a few tricks from the big, big track there big Cruz so 88 games in 88-89 games in Cripa, um, as we said one of the best players in the competition but uh, you haven't had a lot of success how much does that burn and, and um, how much do you, do you want to taste some of that premiership success which Scott has had with a really talented young group that you've got
2: yeah, oh, look, individually, it's um, when you first start, um, you're just happy playing. Yeah. Um, so when you start playing, you, you, you obviously wins and losses are important, but you, when, you, when you're when playing and you start feeling AFL footy, you, you're gonna you're enjoying it anyway. Then you get to a certain level where you're like, well, I'm at this stage where I feel like my performance is looking after itself. How can I help other players come with me? And I sort of got to that stage probably started last year, yeah. trying to drag guys with me. And I suppose... Get them to reach their potential as quick as possible, um, and in a hurry. Um, But yeah, it's frustrating, um, but also it's it's motivating at the same time. Um, It's one of those things you you put so much effort and work in, and uh, I suppose you sacrifice a fair bit. Um, And we haven't had too much success since I've been there. But um, I know, like you're you're building good mates, and um, it's it's going to turn. Like this year, I already feel the momentum going our way for most of the year. So um, I know once we get there. Building something from the bottom up with some of your best mates is, is going to be pretty rewarding. And mm. um, for me, like if I left, like you, say, you go home and you go to the Eagles, they just want a flag, and, and yeah. you win one your first year. Does it mean as much as building something from the ground up? But I, I don't think it, it would. Um, so that's something that really, really really
0: drives me. You've had chances to go, Sky. It'd be interesting. What would be your advice, you know, to Paddy? Because you you came in at the ground level. You and Daisy still not long after Dane was there. Did you feel like that's – how proud are you of the one club journey? I
1: was fortunate. Like I played second year. I played in a prelim, um, played in a, like an overtime game against West Coast in Perth. Um, Good girl. But say like that four-year period when we missed the finals for four years in a row, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't like – I look back on that and I'm like, geez, that was four years that was. But every year you're just so engaged. You're trying to get the group there as quick as you can. The next year, like – pre-season, you're you ringing blokes, you know, you do train today or whatever, let's do this and just trying to strengthen your relationships and I think the beauty of the comp is the last few years, like Bulldogs started at missed finals, win a flag Richmond yeah. missed finals, win a flag both us and West Coast last year, missed finals the year before, win a flag, Brisbane won four games last year, already won on the up. five or something this year already, like it doesn't take long to turn and um, as Cooper said, you can feel it and it's not uh, what was it? 2017 for us. We, we were similar to Colton as we lost a lot of close games early in the year. And then the back end of the year, we won the last six or seven and everyone was like, oh, Collingwood's okay. But the momentum changed. And, um, you know, once you find that confidence as a group and you get it, it can elevate your 10, 20 percent, but you've got to get it first. And, you know, they're in the process of trying to get that confidence as a group that they can play their way, then they can play their way for four quarters, and they can play their way for four quarters and win. Yeah, and then you get a real sweet spot where you think I can play our way four quarters and we can dominate here.
0: Yeah, and that's be good when teams.
1: that's when you know you're going to get there. And I don't think they're too far off. And um, you know, hearing Cripper talk about how much he wants to be a part of it and stuff like that, that resonates with me because I'm the same. I mm. I wouldn't want to leave when it's you know it's really hard times and try and yeah. just chase success elsewhere.
0: What do you think about the young crew, Mackay We we know all the names, Mackay Samo. You mentioned Fisher, Cunningham's a good young player. You've got the bigs, McGovern, a bit more experienced now. Yeah. How, how good is the yeah. well, you talk
1: there to talk about the spine, like where's the spine, and you can see what their building's there. Um, now they just need time, need time. Um, you know, I think I said a few weeks ago with a guy like Geordie Dugowie, I think he's played 80-odd games or 70-odd games. Yeah. He wasn't the player he is now, but it, it's happened in the last sort of 12 months because he gets used to... AFL footy and, and Charlie now is probably in that boat you know it's going to happen for him soon
0: he's just got to keep working at it mm. what do you think of the other mob Cripper? Um, saw that first quarter against Port Adelaide I think it was 15 scoring shots <clears> They're <throat> a well oiled machine at the moment Collingwood it's a big test for you bucks
2: yeah you always look at a team like oh what's their weakest line I don't think Collingwood have a weak line I'd like I, I rate them as the best team in the competition at the moment yep. um, it's only going well as well but in terms of their midfield like Freddie Grundy is probably the best ruck in the comp. In terms of on ball regard, experience all know what how to get the job done. Um, you got blokes like Pendle who sacrifices a role in certain yeah. weeks to for benefit of the team, which is a sign of a good side. Their forward lines dynamic. Like, I don't reckon there's too many forward lines like theirs. They got goalkeeping power everywhere, but there's not a focus on sort of one player. Yeah, speed. Every week. Speed. And then their back line, like intercepting. Like they intercept a lot, so it's going to be a good test this week. But um, I think what what he what Pendle said before in terms of momentum and that close games. that's, that's where we're at, at the stage of the moment like we're we're in games it's just how do how do we get four quarters of playing our brand the whole mm. time and um, Bulldogs was probably the only game we've done that um, Hawthorne we did it probably for two and a half quarters um, so the luck out North Melbourne the two weeks before that was a really yeah. really positive step in the way we were going yeah we at a cracking game in the pre-season too oh we have had us, by- that was good points in
1: yeah Morwell. so yeah we, we've looked at that as well and yeah, Carlton-Collingwood games are always good, no matter where we are. It's yeah. a bit like Anzac Day. It doesn't matter where you sit on the ladder. Mm. There's always
0: – we know there'll be 90-odd thousand there, and, um, yeah, it'll be on, which will be good. It'll be good fun. Well, Paddy, before we let you go, mate, are you enjoying the game? Are you having fun? I mean, obviously, I saw you do the media conference this week after you did the circle out in the uh, freezing uh, bay. And you, uh, you you front it up for the, for the presser, and it was it looked you know it's hard work for you, but you enjoying footy, mate. You still you still get the goosebumps running out, you know, with the rest of the team. You still love rocking up to work every day, you know. Is it still that dream job for you?
2: Yeah, it is. Like I, I wouldn't play footy if it wasn't fun. Like that's that's sort of my motto. Like you work hard, you got to have fun along the way. Like that's sort of what I try and live by in, in my sort of footy career. Um, Oh, it's never, never ideal, rocking up on a Monday morning doing a press when you get pumped.
0: Um, <laughs> what are you thinking before the, before the we start firing these questions? What are you, what are, what's going through your mind? Just don't start up cameras or... when you drive in.
2: Oh, I knew I was getting that, and I was yeah. just like, I was thinking I was going to get the crash on here. They're just going <laughs> <laughs> to, just going to keep firing away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I was walking on the press. And I was, I go to the guys oh, exactly what I want to do on a Monday morning, and yeah. got a bit of a laugh <laughs> out of them. But yeah, it's not ideal, but it's fun. have got to hit front on, and yeah. Like I said before, just a week's a long time of footy, so yep. change
3: pretty quickly.
0: It's going to be ding dong uh, battle, Cripper. We thank you for uh, coming into the George here and uh, and talking um, talking all things it's on the Jock and Journo Pod. We really appreciate your time, mate. Absolutely all but be- all the best on the weekend. I hope it's a tie, and you and you <laughs> bikes uh, both have uh, thirty of it uh, each. So thanks so much for coming in, mate. Really no, appreciate thanks it. So thanks Excellent. mate. Appreciate it. What a treat that was to speak to Big Cripper. can't wait till Saturday's game, Scotty, when you take on the uh, big dog. He's uh, he's going well, isn't he? Great he man. Is. He's, um, yeah, I think that like what I admire about the way he plays is he just
1: plays the same way every week, and regardless of the scoreboard, and it's been hasn't been favourable more often than not so far in his career. But he doesn't drop his bundle. He plays it right out, and even on the weekend, he's a little bit quiet in that first quarter. But yeah, I think he finished with two goals and thirty touches. He just keeps going and. I think as your as your captain and a guy to look up to, and um, you know he'd be wrapped in even just some of the you know when he spoke about wanting to stay and. That was interesting, wasn't times. it? Yeah. Oh, you just If you're a Carlton supporter, you'd be... You'd eat that up. Oh, you'd be loving it. But you know you've got the right guy for... Yeah. What is he, 24? Like, 10 yep. years to, to lead your club, so... Yeah. Um, you know, they probably
0: should have a 10-year deal in front of him right now. I bet they do. Be big bucks, and he deserves it. Hey, Coco, great to see uh, you here, mate. Thanks for joining us. We've got a couple of things to talk about quickly. Um, we're going to speak about Corrin. Um, yep. your little mate, yep. who look like it have a massive impact on the Collingwood playing group. i ask you about that, Scotty. Tommy Wilson. Yep. And just your quick thoughts on um, Stephen May and just in general terms, how we feel about drinking alcohol when you're out injured in, in uh, particular. But, Coco, good to see you, mate. Do you enjoy the chat with Gripper? That was good. He would, How big is he? Yeah, big, Jeez, he's I told you he big. I reckon yeah. I've told you
1: guys before that he's massive. I don't envy you. That's why I he's snuck sizing in up. like how tall are you? And he's 6'5". <laughs> I'm yeah. like 6'3". I are you and he's like 95. So that means... Hydrated, carved up on game day. ninety seven. <laughs> I'm like I'm eighty eight. I like, yeah, I'm, I'm punching my in weight division. But,
3: You're gonna I to, do, I
1: do enjoy playing on him though. Know, like it's, I really, really enjoy it because it's just literally from the first minute to the last, it's on. on and like it's weird because I'm sitting here really admire the bloke, but I know on Saturday yeah. that it's going to be on from start to finish, and he knows that as well. But yeah, um, it's a really good battle.
3: You're gonna have to get dirty, I reckon. Do you have any well i think both, moves, well, every time
1: we've played them i reckon I've, i have 10 plus tackles because yep as you spoke about before with his running patterns and stuff he's very good at just he keeps going to the ball so for me he just drags me along with him and yep. you know i'm behind him or you know sometimes i'm in front of him and you know i'm not gonna go the complete negate style you know i'll still go get the ball if i can but yep. yeah he's like when you're tackling too like if you tackle him you to like Really expend everything and then he lands on top of you, you're like, Oh, there's another hundred <laughs> kilos,
0: getting you. Yeah. Maybe the four best players in the competition at the moment. I'd put yourself in there and I'd have Cripper in there, Jeremy Cameron and maybe Bar- Marcus Bontempelli. Yeah. Yeah. The certainly box, awesome. Certainly form wise. You guys are absolutely flying. But I reckon the um, the highlight for me of the season so far was what I saw with you guys and Kyron, Not only throughout the week at training, and uh, and his dad was there, of course, but the way you guys embraced him after the win after Port Adelaide all seemed really instinctive, really genuine. And when you and Ad Chalor cheered him off, I was sitting there with my wife, and you know it was really emotional just yeah. to be watching this. How did it feel for yeah. you to be in that moment? Yeah,
1: when I when I met him when he came down earlier in the week. And just heard his story and seen his dad, and um, you know, obviously, Kyron's just a little kid, so he probably doesn't fully grasp what's happening. But yeah. I spoke to his dad, and um, yeah, like as a parent, you sort of—I feel like you relate a bit more. And I just, um, I just couldn't couldn't fathom, and I even—I said after the game to, to my wife Alex, I said like, I actually, really, st- I slept for three hours after the game. Yeah, I, I really struggled to go to sleep because so I just kept thinking about. Kyron and his family and what they're going through and how hard that must be for them. and Did you really? We just wanted to do something that hopefully Kyron really enjoyed, that his family really enjoyed. and um, Yeah, I remember just walking off and we were initially just going to get him to lead the boys off and he'd really enjoy that. And then I remember just thinking like, he's five years old, he's probably too small to even see over the um, fence. fence. So I said to Ad, let's pick him up and chuck him on our shoulders. And, and yeah, we asked Kyron and he sort of, didn't say yes or no so he took the license and threw him <laughs> up on the shoulders and yep. waved to the crowd and then got his dad in and sang yep. the song and i reckon it was a really cool moment and you know even when we're after the game after the game we're in the rooms it's like yep didn't even talk about the game or what happened it was like you know about him that was just like Buck sort of said well done boys like i'm yeah. really proud of the way we handled the week with Kyron and his family and um you know we played a good game of footy but it's Bigger, you know, significant. Um, it's insignificant to what you guys did. So well done, and um, yeah, he's very proud of us. So that was his post-game chat with the players. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Port Adelaide game at all. That's we just pretty like, cool, innit? Yeah, well, it's like to be honest, it's pretty hard to talk about footy. Like for me personally, if we had have gone kicks, marks, and handballs or whatever, it's my yep. mind wasn't there. Yeah, um, my mind was with Caron, his family, and um, yeah, just the un- unfortunate circumstance they're in. So yeah. I just
0: wanted to make sure they had a really good experience with us. they putting too fine a point in it. What a, what was it like, you being a dad, <laughs> seeing his dad, knowing oh, that they may only have a short time think,
1: together? I'd, yeah. If somebody said that was me and I had to give everything I've done in football back and I would never play football, I'd give it all back in a heartbeat. Of course. Um, yeah, I just – yeah, I said I didn't sleep well after the game because I just kept thinking about it. Um, yeah, just, I just the questions and stuff, you know, like how to tell his brothers and sisters, and um, how do you, how do you just sort of enjoy every day that you have with him, knowing that um, it's unlikely that you know he's got longer than one or two years left to live. So yeah, um, yeah, I think, and you know, the feedback from a lot of people was they thought that we did a really good thing for for Kyron, and well, as I said, it wasn't about us at all. It's about trying to make his experience with us as good as it could have been, and, and yeah, was. I was really proud of the yeah. guys. Tell yep. us
0: about Tom Wilson. I He's uh, signed yep. uh, with you guys, Cat B rookie, former gun basketball. I think he played in the Boomers this year. Yep. He, apparently, he's very much like you yep. and Bontempele as players inside yep. smooth moving midfielders. Yeah, so I,
1: I don't know much about him from a football point of view. Yep. Um, I followed him a little bit with his basketball career um, Yeah, and watched him go about his business there. And then, yeah, he, had his first day yesterday, being Monday. Um, it was just sort of a first day at school, you know, doing sort of all the admin stuff and meeting everybody. And then, um, yeah, day two today for him. So we we're down at MSAC, which is pretty funny because that's his home base with the Melbourne yeah. Tigers, and he's back there as a footballer. So, yeah, I think it's a um, yeah, it's an exciting prospect for the club. You know, he's six four and by all reports, you know, a really really good athlete. So, yeah, I think he'll do a, a bit of blocker training now, get used to footy, um, and then yeah, he'll he'll play. Um, I would imagine VFL in probably four to six weeks. And then, yeah, I believe he could play AFL this season if he's... heard that. ...capable. So, yeah, but I think, obviously, you just start with get used to footy, condition your body. And, like, he'll be fit enough now. He's just got to get used to the game plan and then the physical side of it. Yeah, and then see how he goes. Well, we're, he was AIS junior, so we've got, a, obviously, a special player on our hands.
3: Jealous another basketballers in you. can reckon you got him one-on-one or...?
1: <laughs> well, so far they've all come in and they've... Like they have to listen through me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've got the mantle at the moment. Um,
0: you're the best, you're the best basketball at Collingwood still. Comfortably.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, Tom comes in and. So when's this gonna mantle. happen?
0: When's this showdown nah, gonna happen? Like not, we need to film this. We need to get in there. Yeah. I wanna be there and watch it. This will be I'm a not ticket of a We're not
1: doing it within the next six months because his basketball game would be too strong. So be okay. tactical about we're that.
0: Post season?
1: Uh postseason. No, that, no, that has
0: to be a Jocelyn well, it's funny, you know, a special. Of,
1: a lot of the boss, basketball guys, postseason, we do link up and play a fair bit of basketball as conditioning. Yeah. So we do and we play and like you play for hours. So yeah. but what? yeah, hands like no question at all, Tom. <laughs> would smoke me in basketball.
3: What's your starting five at Collingwood? Uh,
1: me, Tom, Jack Magin, uh Brody Coxie. Grundy, Mason Cox. That's actually like unreal. Can Grundy? Like, I didn't know Brody can yeah, play. very good. Mate, very he's good. like eight foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100 yeah. kegs. He's very good. Very, Helps. very Who's good. Who's
0: the best pure shooter outside you? Uh, Jack Magin. Outside him. He played basketball.
1: Oh, outside of us guys at play? Yeah. Best shooter? Uh, How is very good. Adam Trelaw is very good. Yep. Very good. yep. Um, yeah, probably those two.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hey, before we go, <clears throat> one quick serious one. Um, big story, Stephen May. Over the past forty-eight hours, um, seen having a few drinks. Very quiet with friends. Behaviour, um, no dramas. Um, got some things going through with his going on in his life, but he was drinking while uh, injured. And generally, from all everything I know, clubs. Uh, advise against that you know in fact there's a blanket rule at Melbourne that you can't do that you can't drink while you're out injured what's the policy if one at Collingwood and what's your view on that Um, yeah so ours is probably similar to most
1: clubs if it's um, short-term muscle related um, like no drinking because you don't want it to affect your preparation when you're coming back yep Um, you know if you are if you're back in full training and um, the doctors and that ticket off, or you get back. Say, um, say I did my calf, and I come back last week. Played, yep. and we all had a drink. You know, I'd ask the docs, "Do you mind?" You know, I'm only one game back. And yeah, so yeah, we've it's pretty open. It's we don't have a blanket rule. Mm-hmm. Um, we more deal case by case, and because you know there's certain guys with different things going on. And yeah, um, so as a
0: captain, what's your general
1: expectation of blokes? Like- uh, mine's been probably a little bit different. I just treat guys like adults until they show me their kids and then they can be treated like a kid but I'll start off with everyone being an adult and we have those chats and you know make adult decisions you are an adult you're 18 years old you can have a drink and um, you know the one that I always find funny is it's you know is having a beer that bad and if it's that bad blah 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 it's like well is having a pizza as bad for you you know post game what's worse having one beer or you know a large pizza like is it much of a muchness so yeah I don't think Tough choice. Man. Yeah, so just, just don't read too much into it. I think yep. he's having a couple of beers, and um, I don't know. As you said, if it's that's their rule, then he's gone against the team rule. I think that's the issue, not the actual drinking as such. It's the fact that he's opted to go against yep. Melbourne's team rule. So yeah, um, yeah. I've for us, yeah. Well, that's sort of how we play it. Guys on the long-term injury list, it's probably almost encouraged that they off-field go have a beer, catch up with mates, keep them fresh. You know, is like it mm-hmm. guys doing knees and stuff like that? You know. You can go out and have a beer, enjoy yourself. Yeah, get to work Monday to Friday because it's that's that's graveyard shift, you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, enjoy yourself. And then when you're getting back closer to play, you know, probably a month out, you know, tighten Switch all those me. elements yeah. up. But
0: yeah,
1: the heart and soul of football for as long as I've known it, and what every player grew up with is country footy, metropolitan football, it's game finishes, beers in the room, yeah, food in the room, bonding, so, yeah, um, relaxing, yeah. relax, enjoy yourself, have fun, and. When you have fun, mate, everything seems to go a little bit better, and you enjoy what you do.
0: Well, it's been another Ripper episode, Cocker. Don't you think? I
3: feel so enlightened. After that. <laughs> yeah, that was great, Thanks, mate. Rec- treated,
0: we're gonna do the Twitter. We've got to ask yeah, the, video yeah. the Oh, fans, Twitter fans questions, fans what I
3: uh, I've got them here. Uh, so we'll. Start oh, I want to hear with, their name. Who's asking yeah, we'll the question? We'll start off with a few. So this is where I stuff up everyone's name. We have got a uh, Paul. We'll start. <laughs> <laughs> nice to <laughs> get you. that right. Yeah. Um, we got Paul. Uh, what's the? Who are the best guys you've lined up? Uh, Alongside and why?
1: Yeah, um, so I would actually tag Swanee in one. He was one, like the probably the best player I ever played with. Swanee, just his competitive instinct, but his ability to have fun out there and enjoy himself and not take himself too seriously. And I mean by that, you know, keep the goal. He rubbed his stomach because everyone said he was fat. Like, <laughs> sort of knew what was out there, but he was never ever going to let it affect him. And he was very good on the lip. And yeah, just the overall package. He never took footy too seriously, but he was a super competitor. Um, Jimmy Clement was another one who was probably the other side, you know, ultimate competitor, ultimate professional, um, ruthless when he played. And that game with James Heard, when he almost changed the hands in the back rule off that game, when he just couldn't beat him in a one on one contest. And um, yeah, he was an amazing player to play with.
3: And we got uh, one from Justin, uh, just wanting to know about the different grounds around the AFL. You heard someone refer to Marvel Stadium as soulless. Yeah, Do you agree?
1: I've seen that come through. That's a good question. I reckon. Um, so, like for me, whenever I play, I love playing on the road. I feel like the crowd's against us, and that's really good, um, really good vibe. Uh, probably when you're on the road, I love playing at Adelaide Oval. Their supporters are just awesome. They're so hostile. They make the environment like almost like a cauldron for them. It's the best, almost the best atmosphere in footy, I reckon. Yeah, yeah and how people stand on that hill and have a beer and um, really get into it. Um, and then, yeah, Marvel is the one that for us. We don't play there too often. play there three times. Um, it's funny. It is – it does lack – it feels like it lacks that atmosphere. But in terms of actual quality of footy that gets played there, it's always a good brand of footy that's played there. Under the roof, it's quick. Conditions are perfect. So, um, yeah, but the home of footy, the MCG, is my favorite. But Adelaide Oval on the road is really good.
3: Mm-hmm. We got one from Rodney, not Rocket Eve, <laughs> but a, a different Rodney. And he wants to know – uh, you look like the kind of guy that's interested in coaching and how do you prepare for that whilst you're still playing? Yeah, um,
1: I think that's yeah, another good question. But I, I've just tracked the game now. Mick Mould asked when I first started, said to have a journal. Um, so I've got like this journal, uh, 280-odd games in it where after wow. every game I just write who we played how I went, who played on me, who did I play on, what was my job type thing. So it's just like a little, some week will be one line, some week will be a paragraph, and it's just like, I don't know, I've just got it. Um, and then from the moment I walked into footy, I always had an interest in coaching, so I've sort of got another one with over the years, what teams have done, what I liked, some trends, coaches, styles, relationships, saying, stuff like that. So I've got like, it's funny, if you just do a little bit, you know, every week or two, it's amazing after like 10 years of playing that I've now that how many pages this Word document's become at, at home. So um, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, what I've got is really cool at home that I've, you know, I've read over it before when I travel or something and I'm bored and I'm, how do I kill an hour? I'll read through my games and just like some of the comments I say, especially in my early days, like oh, I was shit today, <laughs> like end of story type stuff or, you know, if I played a good one I was 10 games in, like. I probably wrote a page worth of everything <laughs> I did. Well,
3: uh, and we got one more from Brady Cook, who uh, says that he likes the Game of Thrones theories. And what do you got for us? Um, yeah, I liked last episode game like the. could you did Arya, didn't you? you thought- yeah, I
1: thought Arya was going to kill the Night King. Oh. I don't know why, but I just thought I, she's done too much training not to have like a significant involvement. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like Suns is going to be the one. Um, that would kill Cersei. Um, Daenerys is—I feel like she's f- like the she's just falling apart. She's she losing doesn't it. know how to. What is she without the dragons? So there's one left. That goes. What is she like? What what fears she auntie.
3: She's slowly turning into the mad queen. Yeah. Yes, so
1: I don't know. I just yeah. I think Sunsa will kill her because sunsa has been through like if you actually from the start to the end she's mm. been through so much and she's been still pretty calm shit. person. Yeah. yeah. So she's seen everything. So I reckon tactically, smarts, blah, blah, blah. She's yeah, probably equipped to do it.
3: Are you on her now or you were off her last week?
1: Yeah. It's funny. I changed. I don't mind her now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think she will get it done.
3: So we got one from Jacob Tweetering, and a few people were interested in this one. Uh, could you give us a couple of Ryan Loney and Shane O'Bree anecdotes?
1: Uh, Lones used to love a bit of spa time. So he'd sit there and he always, Lones used to always refer to himself and we he's talked about this when we were there, he's like us older blokes when we were first started. So I was like 18, 19, it's like us older blokes, us older blokes all the time. Then we found out he was like 25. <laughs> like he's not even old. He always <laughs> refers to himself like this old bloke. Um, yeah, and Cheesy O'Brien what'd I have for him? I don't know. He was always just playing like practical jokes, like knocking off people's keys or wallets or phone or sending messages to people's girlfriends saying... Not home tonight, blah blah blah. (laughs) This is what I'm doing, just little things like that. So, both boys are very, very good value. Why cheesy? I don't know. This is what I was when I come in. It's called cheesy, Obre.
3: There you
0: go. Not sure. Thanks so much for sending in those Twitter questions. We'll do that again uh, next week. Scotty, good luck uh, for Saturday, mate, mate. and the uh, assignment on the Man Mountain. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Joke and Journal show. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye bye.